Psalm 127, 1 Kings chapter 6. Psalm 127, chapter, verse 1 and 2 says this. Except the Lord build the house, those who build labor in vain. Except the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain of you to rise up early, to stay up late, and to eat bread and of hard toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. Except the Lord build the house. First Kings chapter six. See, Psalm one twenty seven, Solomon is the writer here, the builder of the temple. Except the Lord build the house. They that build it labor in vain. Anybody can build a building. Only God can build the house. First Kings chapter 6 describes the building of the temple of God. In verse 11, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all of my commandments and walk in them, I think I'll read that again. Concerning this house in which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will carry out my word with you, which I have spoke to David your father and I will dwell among the people of Israel and I will not forsake my people Israel so Solomon built the house and finished it except the Lord build the house Heavenly Father we thank you today for your word and Lord we want to lift you up today Lord help us anoint these lips of clay as we Bring your word to your people today. Lord, let our hearts be opened to, what the, to the sounds of heaven and to the words of a king. And we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Except the Lord build the house. My Monday morning early started a little unusual for me. I, I, I believe everything the book says, 
I was talking to Matt this morning, talking about I believe everything the book says, but I, I, I'm not into sensationalizing the things of the Spirit. He's sensational without anybody adding to it. I, I'm tired of drummed up church and, and, and goofiness being, being labeled and, and, and implied that the Holy Spirit is who was in charge of the weirdness. I've seen the church world swing in the last few years from, from we, we, what has happened is, is that because of sensationalism in the, in the realm of Pentecost and, and the charismatic realm, that, that, that the offset has been to swing to a place of almost cessationist where we no longer let, allow the Spirit of God to operate in His house. And we came to a place that, where, that we became dead and dry and, the, and there was a, the ministries began to see and realize and the church people began to understand that dryness was not the answer. God help us, dryness is not the answer. Then we see the pendulum begin to swing all the way to the other side where everything that's weird and goofy and, and, and frankly stupid will happen in God's house and, and say the Holy Spirit done it. And then wonder why people don't want anything to do with, it, with its silliness when the world begins to fall apart. Because I'm going to tell you, charismania won't solve the world's problems when the world begins to fall apart. And yes, I said what I meant. And somewhere in the middle of these wild swings from, from cessationism to stupidity, somewhere in the middle of that is the Word of God. Somewhere in the middle of that is God's plan. Somewhere in the middle of that is the balance of the truth of God's Word. We begin to see something happen in the church world where, where, where it, went, it went from spiritualizing things and being led of the Spirit in a true way till I've seen a disturbing trend where everything become about leadership, 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 leadership. Everywhere I go, it's leadership, leadership, leadership. We have a seminar about leadership. We have a conference about leadership. We have a Sunday school about leadership. We have book series about leadership. We have, we have videos about leadership. And I found out in the middle of all of this leadership mumbo-jumbo, we had less leaders that we've ever seen in my lifetime. We've learned how to do church. We've learned how to build a church. We've learned how to fill up a church. We've learned, we've learned the plan. Man, and for 1995, rather I should say three easy installments of 1995, I'll teach you how to do it. Where our boardrooms, where our, where our church boards and our pastorates begin to, to resemble more Fortune 500 boardrooms than it did the Word of God. We got it all figured out. Monday morning I, I, I awoke early after a, a vivid dream that when I first woke up, I, I just thought, you know, you know, I'm not really one to dream much that I remember. 
And I'm not one to get off into goofiness, and, but the Bible says that your old men will see, or your young men will see visions, your old men <laughs> will dream dreams. <laughs> And I, I, when, I, when, I, uh, when I woke up at first, I thought not much about it because when I, when I thought about the content, I thought, eh. But, there, but I, 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 I'm not, I don't have a dream a week, but what I want to tell you, when the Lord speaks me to a dream, He'll make sure that I know it's Him and He'll make sure that I understand it. I mean, you know that. We're going to preach the Word today, not a dream, but the dream is the foundation for what the Lord was speaking to a preacher this week. I found myself at a place familiar to me, a house of a friend of mine in my childhood, a place of good memories and a place of a very beautiful home that I always loved its location, loved its layout, loved everything about the house. It was kind of one of those places that anybody would want. And I found myself having the opportunity to take Heather and others to see this place that it was so fond to me as a child. And when I got to there, we drove up in the driveway, and there were many other people came to see the house. And when we got there, there was nothing standing of the house except its garage, its foundations, its footprint, and its basement. That was it. It had a basement, and it did. That's unusual in Arkansas. And I thought, what in the world? It was shock. It was dismay. I couldn't believe. And, and the people, the owners were, were there, and they were quite proud that they had torn it down to the foundations. Everybody was there to see what they remembered fondly. But they had torn it down to the foundations, and they were proud of it. They said, I said, why in the world? I said, I brought people here to see this, and, and now it's gone. Now They said, oh, it's not gone. It's going to be better than it ever was. And they took me around to see that the foundations were sure, and the places of refuge were still intact. Let me tell you, if you're from Arkansas and you know about tornadoes, you know that anybody that has a basement, the whole neighborhood knows that that house is a place of refuge. Says the foundations are still intact. And the and the things of utility that are that are always needed are still in the garage. And the and, and the places of refuge are still sound. But the house no longer worked for us. I woke up, I thought, what a strange. I thought, why am I why? Why? And I just was going to dismiss it and go back to sleep because I, I, I got to tell you, I like to sleep. The Bible says I laid down my head and slept, but I woke. <laughs> I like to go to bed. I, I like my sleep. When I began to lay there, I think I didn't ponder it very long, but when I started to dismiss it, I'll say, and roll over and go back to sleep, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. He knows how. And this is what he said to me. Except the Lord build the house. They that build it labor in vain. You have my attention. Can I tell you just a few things he revealed to me in those few moments of truth? 
He said, there's things going on in my house that I want to open up to you today. And, and one of those, there's two things, main points, that he was sharing with me. Listen to me, church, because you fit in one or the other. There's ones that think that the way it always was is the way it should always be. Are you listening? Oh, we're not talking about the foundational truths of Scripture. We're talking, we're talking, about, we're talking about the order of the structure. We're talking about what it looks like, what it means to us, the sentimental value, the nostalgia, the, 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 the fondness of our memory. I have all of that. Then we're talking about the ones that, that, that and then the other side of it is throw it all out and build it a new way because you don't need any of it. Y'all hear me? Except the Lord build the house. They that build it labor in vain. There was revealed truth that the Holy Spirit was began to speak in, began to speak to me earlier this week because the point was is you came to show somebody how it used to be the things that meant something to you something something that brought fond memory and those are all good and they're fine but your disappointment was that that I had something that I would build something better that was for today. Are you hearing me? The Lord showed me that, the, that it's the foundations that matter. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? He said, he was showing me that the foundations are intact and that's what you build on. He was showing me that the places of refuge are within the foundations. That, that, that is the place of safety, the place that matters. He said the utility, that the utility is there, the things that you need that, that never change. They, they're, they're, they're still intact. You don't have to rebuild it. But, but what worked 30, 40, 50, 60, uh, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, it, it, there, it doesn't is it there's something better for today but the foundations never change oh i don't think i don't think you're you're getting the magnitude of what's being said unless the lord build the house they that build it labor in vain Church, we're in a unique place in human history, you and I right now. If the watchman, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. I gotta, I, if I have to plow through solid rock this morning, then plow we shall because I want the church to know there's a few things being said here because one of the things that's happening in the church today is we're building, as we're building, we've been building a church built on national security and national security has nothing to do with the church. My security is eternal and it's in him. 
If I don't ever accomplish anything in this pulpit, I'm telling you, for three years, a week coming up this next Sunday, three years ago next Sunday, you elected me as your pastor, and for three years we've been laying the foundations of what it takes to move in a biblical, scriptural way, and for the last six to eight weeks, God is beginning to reign in this. I, I realize it's a, tire, it's a tired time change Sunday today, but all week and for the last six weeks, God's beginning to reign His Spirit in this house. And he's beginning to change lives and do miracles and set people free. And the evidence of his presence has been making itself known week after week after week. But what we have to understand is we will have to, we have to build on the foundations that are scriptural, that are important. We have to give people the refuge that it comes in the middle of the foundations. All the essentials are already in place. But when you build the house, it doesn't have to look like it looked yesterday. It needs to be functional for today and you can have all the plans you want to have but if God didn't in the, isn't in the plan whoever builds the house labors in vain I can tell you that if COVID has demonstrated nothing else that all the church plans and all the church planners and all the leadership and all the corporate models and all the ways they taught us to do it, all the new church growth plans has went out the window because whenever, whenever tribulation hit, whenever a storm hit it, it fell to the ground. The church walked out the door. I'll submit that the church never walked out the door because they were never in. Because see, what's built on the foundations, what's built on the rock, when the wind blows, will stand. It's when, you built on, it's when you build on sand, it says, when the storms come and the rain comes and the wind blows, that it falls. And it says, great was the fall of it. No, I'm not discouraged about where we're at. I'm encouraged about what God is doing, that he's building again on solid foundations. One of the things I started to say a minute ago, I've determined. I've made up my mind to keep ringing the bell. I, I keep telling you, and I'm going to tell you again, that I, 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 I love that flag. That flag gives me freedom. That what the country that it represents, let's say it that way. I'd fight for it. I'd die for it. I want you to hear me right. In fact, I read just this morning that in a poll this week of a certain political persuasion in this country, that 40% of its, of its voters said that America was not worth defending. See, I didn't come to tell you, see, I'd fight and die for it. I want you to understand that. But I want you to understand the other side of things where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has put more faith in who's in office or the might of the American military for your peace and security. And unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. And unless the Lord guards the city, I need people to hear me. I'm telling you people, I, I'll say it this way. I can tell you, I, can, I won't, but I can tell you right now, there are people that are not here today that's not here not because of the time change. 
Not because that it's spring break, but because they have, they've, they've, they've begun to understand that we're not going to build this thing on traditions, on nationalism, on craftiness of man, and schemes. Did you hear me? Why? Headlines are screaming today that your security can't be found in a military. The headlines are screaming today that national leadership has no answers. The headlines, the headlines are screaming that it's out of control. But I came by to tell you that it's perfectly under control. It's where you place your faith. It's where you place your eyes. It's where you have your, it's where you have your focus on. The focus has to be on the Word of God, the God of the book. And here, the foundations are the Word of God. The foundations are the power of God. The foundations are the, are the, are the blood of Jesus. The foundations are my salvation, my healing, my, my, ba- my, ba- my spirit baptism, the soon coming King, the, the inerrancy of scriptures, the, the Lord of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one true God. The fa- if the foundations are not moved, you can build anything on those foundations and it'll be right. Iran launching a missile attack at, the, at U.S. targets in Iraq just this morning. China threatening, saying anything sent to aid Taiwan will be met with resistance. Putin doing whatever he chooses to do, and the world has to stand back and watch, lest there be World War III. We are in uncertain times, but the only thing that's certain is that the foundations are true, the foundations are stable, and there's refuge within the foundations of the truth. There is refuge within the foundations of the truth. You can build your life on it. The Lord came to Solomon and said, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes. He didn't say, if you'll know my statutes. Oh, let me walk down here and look at you. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to do it. It's one thing to have knowledge. It's another thing to walk in it. He didn't just call us to know this book, Dalton. He called us to walk in its statutes. When, I, when it talks about my walk in the Word, it's my everyday life. It's, it's, it's the way I interact with this world. That, that, I, that it's not just for Sunday. That it's not just for believing. That it's for living. If you will walk in my statutes. People of MAG and anybody that's listened all over the world via live stream, teach your children to walk in his statutes. So the, church, the, the buildings may change. The governments may collapse. People are certainly going to fail you. But this but his but his word is settled. And he will he says and he watches over it. To perform it. If you will walk 
in my statutes and execute my judgments. I want to talk about that in just a second. Within the spiritual realm of the house, there's two things that's being talked about. Are you with me? One thing is certainly talking this. He was talking about a literal temple, a literal dwelling place for God, a literal place when Solomon built a place that gave a place for the presence of God to dwell. Dwell between the mercy seat, between the, over the mercy seat, between under the, the, the cover of the angelic wings in the holy of holies of this godly, of this godly house. So it was certainly a physical temple. But we also know that, that but in, in the new covenant, he no longer dwells in, in, the, in, the, in buildings made by the hands of man, that he dwells in the heart of man. So if the Lord builds the house, certainly the, the, corp, the, the, the body of Christ, the corporate body, the, the place where we're in right now. But it's certainly if the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the house. That's my, that's my personal being as well as our, as our corporate gathering. And yes, they're both important. Execute my judgments. There is an element in that statement of in my house, in my house, enforce what I've said. Stand by what's true. Teach it. Mom and dad, in your home, build your home on the Word of God and raise your children in it and enforce it. I'm going to call Sister T after a while and tell her I'm getting kind of mad at her. I said, because I get to always set all the bones and you get to come in and jump with people. Church talking about it is not the same thing as living in it and demonstrating it and training your physical children in it and the children of the church in it, the babes in Christ in it. I'm not necessarily talking about the youth. That's certainly included in your home and in the church, but it's also talking about the people that are new in the things of God. If you don't execute his judgments in your life and in the house, it's just rhetoric. It's just empty talk. It's just another philosophy that you can put on the shelf with all the rest of them. Walk in my commandments. Execute my judgments. And walk. It says to teach and to walk. 
going forward, it won't look like it's ever looked before. I come about serious matters. I come to talk to my generation, the generation ahead of me and the, and the one coming behind me. I come to talk to mom and dad and to me for just a second because I, I, know, I know the pain. In this dream, I knew the pain of, of, of not being able to see what I came expecting, that it didn't look like what it looked like before. Are you hearing me? Or you just think I'm crazy? I know what it means for things to change and how hard, how hard we are with dealing with it. I've heard it said that the only people that like change is a baby. I'm convinced that we've, that we've, that we're behind the ball, that we're behind because instead of looking forward to what God is doing now, we are, we are spending all of our time looking backwards to what he's done before. And if it doesn't look like what he's done before, then we're not interested in what he's doing now. The race is set before me. We're not talking, see, we're not talking about foundations. I've heard the rant. I, 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 I was talking to Matt this morning. I've listened to the preachers talk about, well, everybody's went to this. Listen to me. On this sleepy Sunday morning. Y'all, can, can I tell you something funny? And I understand it. Because when, they, when things change, it messes it up. I look across here and half, the, half of you this morning, this is what you look like. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Amen. I get it. They're messing with their body. I get it. All this live stream stuff. People just sitting at home in their pajamas. And uh, that's, the devil come in and destroyed the church with all this stuff. Boy, if I was doing it, I wouldn't be doing all that. Just gets, people can just sit at home. They don't even have to come to church. What that is? That's trying to walk this way. Sooner or later, you're going to trip over Prissy. No, she says no. No. You know what I have found? And none of those things were true. But Lord, this is just confessions of a pastor, some of this this morning. Is that okay? Because I've been there. Where if they didn't do it the way I always seen it done, and the way I liked it, and the way I got saved, the way I was baptized, the way that it didn't look the same, didn't sound the same, didn't preach the same, didn't do the same, that it couldn't be God. And we think we got all these things new, and then Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. I've thought about things, how the, I got to thinking about it, I thought, you know what I realized? If we, if, we were, if we were setting up live streams that we were able to, enter, to send straight via internet into, into communist China, we would all stand up and roar with applause. 
praise God. How innovative are we? Wow, what a missionary. We would even throw our money at it. Pastor, we want to support that missionary. Pastor, he's reaching into China. We want to support that missionary. They come up with innovative ways to get into, but we don't. We, but the most, the, the, the biggest need in, in evangelizing in the world today is between the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. We're worried about China and what they're doing to Christians when we don't, when we don't even are not even concerned about what's going on in California and New York. And we want to rail against that there's no that there's nobody preaching in the world that there's and that the church is compromised when there are, there are people that are preaching and the and the ways to get into their home into their living room into their hand. Into their hand. That's my sweetheart. Into their hand. Andrea, I gotta tell you something. If the pornographer is gonna get into their hand, into their bedroom, then I'm gonna get into their hand and into their bedroom. If the pedophile that's trying to pick up your daughter in the middle of the night, pretending to be something that he's not, is gonna walk around into their house then I'm going to walk right into their house. Because, see, there's something more powerful than the pedophile. There's something more powerful than the pornographer. There's something more powerful than, the, than everything that hell can throw through a device. There's the, all, there's the all-powerful, ever-living seed of the Word of God that can come in exactly the same way. If the foundations are sure and the refuge is there and all the tools are in the shed, see, the utility, the garage, all the tools were in the shed, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use every tool. I'm going to ask you a question. If you had a hundred foot of ditch to dig today, And you got your sharpshooter shovel out in the and your and your and your grubbing hole. That's what we've always used. But if I open that door and it's got a ditch witch in it, I'm gonna tell you what I'm using. Are you hearing me? I'm trying that's practical. I said we're we're trying to build a church with, with a pickaxe. We're trying, we're trying to build a church with a, with, with a wheelbarrow. When we have a track hole. Oh, y'all don't know it, but I'm talking about the way we used to do church and the way it looked and the way we handled it and the way it handled it. And it was wonderful. It was glorious. It got the job done. Yeah, you, you, you. They told me not to, if I'm going to use a handheld, not to drop it, or I'd have just. I'm hard on microphones. One of the reasons I don't use one. Are you hearing me? Except the Lord build the house. They that build, I'm going to use every tool in that garage. In the places I, need, I still need a pickaxe, I'll use a pickaxe. If I can run a track hole, I'm going to run a track hole. And everything in between. And if I can get somebody else to grab some tools, I'm going to have them grab them too and help out. And we're going to build this thing. But see, what, 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 what got it done 50 years ago isn't necessarily how, how we want to do it today. 
Can I talk about that just a second? Can I talk about that just a second? Because, see, I remember when I was a kid, we used to think it was something when somebody built a new house. They would say, this, this is one of the questions. Maybe you'll remember it. I want to how many rooms does it have? They could have 1,200 square feet and have 14 rooms, and they thought you something. How many rooms does it have? Anybody lived in a chopped up little place? Y'all even know what I'm talking about? Because I want to tell you, now, now when it's chopped up with 47 rooms and 1,200 square feet, you can't give it away. Why? Because people have changed. Their needs have changed. What works for families have changed. Y'all ain't hear me. Y'all think I'm talking about real estate. I'm talking about what he showed me. I remember the mark, the mark of a great home. I mean, maybe it was 4,000 square feet, but they say, does it have a living room and a den? <laughs> you know what I discovered about living rooms back then? Nobody lived in them. Right. What they call a living room? That's just something you looked at. You didn't actually use it. You say, hey, come in here. You say, let's go. I'll show you my living room, and let's go sit in the den. <laughs> come see my formal dining room. But... We'll eat at the bar. Hello? Man, you packed it full of pretty furniture. Had dishes you couldn't eat off of. Towels you couldn't wipe your hands on. I, I'm not even going to say, I think, that, did that hit home over here or something? Because there's a lot of laughing. <laughs> now, you walk into what people, what feels the families need now is you walk in and the whole house is open space. Living room, dining room, kitchen are all centered around the heart of the house. And, and you, can, you can cook, feed people, have people watching the ball game at Thanksgiving all at the same time. Everybody's in the same room. Everybody's interacting. And, and you're, that's the ultimate. See, the ultimate entertainment used to be come over and, and we'll eat at the dining room table that we never eat at except when special people come on the dishes that we never eat on, on the napkins that we never use with the pretty little rings that we don't know what to do with them when we take them off. Use silverware that we don't know what order to put it in. We all understand that. When I talk about it, we all get it. Matter of fact, we'll buy one of those houses now, and we and we and we and we hire Matt to come in, and he's going to come in, tear the walls out, and get a get a, a, a laminate beam and put across the top so we can support the weight of that roof that used to rest on them walls. And you're going, you say, we're going to come in, we're going to blow out this wall, we're going to blow out this wall, and we're going to make why? Because the needs that it meant for that family 40 years ago won't meet the needs of the family that's there today. They're the same size family in the same town. They look the same, everything, but. Everything has changed, but we think the church. And we fight over the things that don't matter.
You know what matters at that house? If the foundations will support the walls. And if that beam you went and bought is big enough and long enough to support what the walls that you just took out to make it functional. It don't matter what it looks like. It matters if it'll stand. It matters if it'll shelter the family. It matters if it'll meet its needs. I bought a house one time in Paris. Had all this cut sandstone out front. Man, that was a thing in the 60s and 70s. Especially there, we had quarries everywhere. So you had local cut rock. And it's high dollar to buy it and to lay it. And I got there and it was out of style. So I had a painter come in and paint it all out. That former owner like never spoke to me again. They was throwing a fit, and I, I finally said, yeah, uh, last time I checked, you got the check cashed, didn't it? They don't need it to meet your needs. Churches are not dying all over the country because we've compromised. Churches are dying because they're getting caught up and sticking with the things that don't matter. Should the Lord tarry 20 more years and said, I'll be here 20 more years and whoever follows me in this place, if they rip it all out and tear it all down and painted it 14 different colors and, and what, what, who in the world cares? I'm not just talking about structure. I hope you understand this morning that we, there's a house to be built. And by the way, it says in 1 Kings, it didn't say that, it says, set the Lord to build the house, but he makes, obviously, God didn't come down and chisel the stone for the temple and overlay it with gold and cedar and all that stuff. Solomon did that. He says in 1 Kings, he says, when I build it with you. See, what happens is the Lord gives the plan and we walk it out. Like church, what God is doing is now and in front of us. The harvest is not three months, the harvest is now. We can't spend any time. Grieving over how it used to be. I have heroes of my faith, and I can build on their on their word. But I, so I want you to understand when I when I say it. You hear me? David Wilkerson's not coming back. B. H. Clendenin is in his grave. He served the world well. He's not coming back. Hulda Buntain evangelized half of Calcutta. She's in her grave. She's not coming back. And how Brother Clinton and done it will never be done again. How Hulda Buntain reached India will never be done again. We've got to quit 
looking and saying and, and, and complaining about what used to be and understand where we're at. And build a house. We've got to quit looking for the way out politically because it's going to get worse, not better. All those, all those epistles, all those, all those books, they were written under the worst of conditions, not the best, and the church exploded. It says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I don't like the gas prices either. I don't like it when I see people fail because, because they're reprobate in leadership. But they're not my leader. They're not who my faith lies in. How are we going to make it? That's what you're thinking. David said, I was young once. Now I'm old. He said, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging for bread. If God can feed a prophet with a crow, if he can lay manna on the ground for a nation, give them quail when they complain. If he can make, we sing about it, if he can make seas into highways. Then whether it's Joe Biden or anybody else, he will make a way for the faithful. He will make a way for you. I don't like the things I see either, but it breaks my heart when I see Christian people wringing their hands because of a political leader. All my hope is in Jesus. Don't you find that? Why? All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God. My yesterdays don't. Except the Lord build the house. And let me tell you, unless you believe God has somehow advocated his throne, unless you somehow believe that he was more powerful then than he is now, or he done for them what he, that he won't do for us what he did for them. Come on. Worship team's just moving to play. You can still hear me. Unless you believe those things,
then I got to tell you the church's best days are not behind us. I remember at the end of that dream when I realized that it was going to build it on the same footprint over the same safety with the same utility but it was going to be better than it had ever had been before. You don't think God speaks to you in, in ways that you understand? He always say, Jesus spoke in parable in ways that the people understood. He spoke to me in a way I get, in a way that I understand. I know what you wanted to see and what you wanted to show. Because he knows that I, that I was raised in revival and I've looked back and I want to see it. I want you to see it. I want to bring people who has never seen it. That was the whole point. I brought people to see what I remembered that they had never seen, and it didn't look that way anymore. But what he wanted me to know is the foundations are still true. You're equipped with what you need. That's the utility. You're equipped with what you need to happen, and there's still safety in the foundations. And it's, it's best days are not what you remember. It's best days are what I'm about to build. Church, he's still God. Church, nothing has taken him by surprise. And my suspicion is all that's going on is he's removing the feathers from the nest. So people will get out of their comfort get out and do the work of the kingdom.